morning. Um, just maybe take a moment and ask God to, to speak to you, to you, to your heart. Have your way, Lord. So the title of this morning's message is Creation is Speaking. This is something God's been working in me over a long period of time. Creation is speaking. I'm just going to read from Psalm 19. Although equally it could have been Psalm 24. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all who live in it. But we're going to go to Psalm 19. Just the start of it. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day they pour forth speech. Night after night they reveal knowledge. They have no speech, they use no words. No sound is heard from them. Yet their voice goes out into all the earth. Their words to the end of the world. The heavens declare his glory. And the skies proclaim the work of his hands. In December last year, one morning, I read this and I began to pray, Lord, what, what is your creation saying? What are they saying? It says their voice goes into all the earth, their words to the end of the world. And I, I said, Lord, give me ears to hear, give me eyes to see. I want to know what, what the creation is saying. And I began to listen. And the morning that I prayed that, I was driving on my way to work. And by the time I got there, <coughs> parked my car, this appeared. A rainbow. <laughs> and I just felt that was the start of a journey for me. Of listening to the creation. Of listening to the words. The voice that goes out into all the earth. The words to the end of the world. There is something special about a rainbow. I'm proud of the rainbow that my father put in the clouds. Genesis 9.13, it says, I have set my rainbow in the clouds. And isn't it glorious? There is just, I think apart from living things, I think the rainbow is my favorite part of creation. I love it. I love it. And whenever I saw that rainbow, I, I was reminded I have a covenant keeping God, a covenant keeping God, and I'm part of the new covenant. I'm his child. So when I see that rainbow, I think, I'm your child, Lord. That's my father's rainbow. He set that rainbow in the clouds. And he's glorious, and he's an artist, and he does things well. Creation is speaking if we will listen, if we will just stop and tune our ears and listen. And notice, and notice. Those of you who have been to, to Tullymore, this big rock is in the middle of it. And it says stop. Well, maybe we just need to stop, take a moment and think. Stop and look around. It says, and praise the name of him who made it all. And you're just in the middle of his creation and it's so beautiful in Tullymore the trees the leaves the stream just the beauty the glory of it the birds stop 
stop, listen, notice. What is creation saying? What's it saying? Praise the name of him who made it all. The funny thing is one of the, the government steps to well-being is Tech 5, which I'm sure you've all heard of, all research-based. Um, one of them is notice. And I'm trying to find it. I have a little bookmark here. Um, they're everywhere. They're, they're in bookmarks. Yeah, there it is. Five ways to help you to feel good. Take five, it's called. And one of them is take notice. Watch and listen to what's going on around you. The changing seasons. The bugs, the birds, the flowers and the rainbows. Take notice. See, it's there. For a reason creation is speaking creation is speaking and it's powerful it's powerful it's healing to our soul if we could just listen and tune in romans chapter one just on this theme of creation speaking romans chapter one Verse 20, it says, Since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made. We can understand things from the creation, from what he has made, so that people are without excuse. Creation with all its beauty and majesty is just a finger pointed towards something far greater than itself. <laughs> I love that quote. Creation with all its beauty and majesty is a finger pointed towards something far greater than itself. What is creation saying? It's saying worship him. It's pointing the finger at him. It's saying worship him. He's the most high God. You know how you look at a work of art or a something that's been created, a piece of music, and it just touches you deeply and you just admire, admire the artist. Um, I, I guess it's that same, that same awe, that same feeling when I see the, the, the rainbow <laughs> or whenever we notice creation, we notice the beauty of it, the detail in a little animal, the diversity of creation, it says, it points to him. It points to the artist, the creator. And only my God knows what happens inside me whenever I see that rainbow. It's really, really powerful. And there's times when I've had to stop the car. And it was funny, I was reading in Psalm, um, and we're going to go to it actually, Psalm 33. From verse 6, it says, By the word of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. Revere him. I looked up that word revere, and it's a Hebrew word, 
which is gur, <laughs> G-U-H-R. But it can also mean to turn aside, to turn aside from the road. <laughs> so you, sometimes you need to just pull in, just take a moment and, and stand in awe of him, revere him, look and notice. In light of his creation, fear him and worship him. He's the most high God. He's the most high God. This is um, something that happened to us when we were on holidays. Because I feel like I'm just living under his rainbow at the moment. And those of you who have chatted to about this will know I, I go on about rainbows a lot. <laughs> people buy me rainbows. I buy people rainbows. I wear rainbows in my ears. Um, I just love rainbows. They're so special. And every time I see a rainbow, I just feel God's love. I just, I know he sees me, hears me. I know I'm his child. And we were on, when we were on holidays in Wales, um, David and I, on the first night we arrived, we sat out on the um, kind of veranda, the decking area, and we prayed together. And um, we're just sitting there and prayed together and we opened our eyes and that was right in front just a little spot of a rainbow right in front of our eyes and it was just like a, a hug from from god i hear you i love you and it's just something special about about uh, living under the rainbow as all of us are his children we're living we're his covenant kids we're living under his rainbow Even last week, we went to Kilkeel for the day. I was just walking along the beach looking at the stones. And I thought to myself, if I look up, I know I'm going to see a rainbow. <laughs> I was just walking along. Yeah, sure enough, I looked up and there it was. Glorious, beautiful. God saying, I love you. I love you. Worship me. Fear him. Worship him. Creation is speaking. Matthew chapter 8. The wind and waves still know his name. Matthew chapter 8. Creation bows before him, the most high God. Jesus got into the boat. The disciples followed him. Verse 23. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, so the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? He got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. See, they know his voice. They know his voice. What is that part of creation saying to us as it speaks? It says, obey him. Obey his voice. Listen to his voice. He is God most high. He's God most high. Job verse, chapter 37. Job 37, it says, at this my heart pounds and leaps from its place. Listen, listen to the roar of his voice, the rumbling that comes from his mouth. 
He unleashes his lightning beneath the whole heaven and sends it to the ends of the earth. After that comes the sound of his roar. He thunders with his majestic voice. And when his voice resounds, he holds nothing back. God's voice thunders in marvelous ways. He does great things beyond our understanding. He says to the snow fall on the earth and, on the ra- and to the rain shower be a mighty downpour so that everyone he has made, us, so that everyone he has made may know his work. Look at his creation. Listen to what it says. It says he is the most high God. He is mighty. He's the creator of all and it says worship him. Worship him. Verse 14 it says, Listen to this, Job. This is God speaking to Job. Stop and consider. Stop. Notice. Consider God's wonders. Do you know how God controls the clouds and makes his lightning flash? Consider it. Notice it. Do you know how the clouds hang poised? Those wonders of him who is perfect in knowledge. You who swelter in your clothes when the land lies hushed under the south wind, can you join him in spreading out the skies hard as a mirror of cast bronze? Down to verse 24, it says, Therefore, (coughs) therefore, people revere him, worship him. In light of all this, in light of what you see in creation, what you observe, what you notice, what you hear, creation say, in light of that, people revere him, worship him. Worship him. That that chapter in Job, it says, stop, creation is speaking. Worship him, the most high God. It says he is God. He is God, we're not. His ways are higher than our ways. They're beyond understanding. His thoughts greater than our thoughts. Creation speaks. Dr. Francis Collins, who is the director of the Human Genome Project, says, I have found that there is a wonderful harmony in the complementary truths of science and faith. The God of the Bible is also the God of the genome. God can be found in the cathedral or in the laboratory. By investigating God's majestic and awesome creation, science can actually be a means of worship. When he began his studies, He actually was an atheist and he came to know God as he studied medicine and the DNA and the genome, God's instruction book. As director of the Human Genome Project, he says, I've led a consortium of scientists to read out the 3.1 billion letters of the human genome, our own DNA instruction book. As a believer, I see DNA, the information molecule of all living things, as God's language, and the elegance and complexity of our own bodies and the rest of nature as a reflection of God's plan. In other words, he says, creation speaks. Can you hear it? DNA speaks. DNA says, worship him. Worship him. He's the most high God. Astronaut Jim Irwin had an encounter with God on the moon. (laughs) And it was reported in the Washington Post. You can look it up. It says he felt the power of God as he was on the moon, as he had never felt it before. 
And here's a quote from him. It says, the earth reminded us of a Christmas tree ornament hanging in the blackness of space. As we got further and further away, it diminished in size. Finally, it shrank to the size of a marble, the most beautiful marble that you can ever imagine. That beautiful, warm, living object looked so fragile, so delicate, that if you touched it with a finger, it might even crumble and fall apart. And this is what he says. He said, seeing this has to change a man, has to make a man appreciate the creation of God and the love of God. It changed him. Because as he looked down on that little marble, as he looked down, earth said, worship him. He's the most high God. Creation was speaking. Creation says he's great. He's majestic and awesome. Creation says worship him. In 1968, the astronauts that orbited the moon And it was on Christmas morning, they read from Genesis 1. And I hope it works, but we have the, the broadcast of that. And it's just so powerful. Um, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Yeah. Creation is roaring. I believe it's roaring. It's saying, worship him. He is great. And he is most high. To a friend of Tim and mine who we were chatting to lately and um, 
he um, has had issues with alcohol for many, many years, and he joined Alcoholics Anonymous. And the first thing they said to him was, go away and get yourself connected to a higher power. There are higher powers. There are principalities and powers that we read about in the Bible. But I was reading Psalm, again, um, Psalm 21, I think it was. Yeah, I was just really, really struck by this. Psalm 21, verse 7. It says, the king trusts in the Lord. And then it says, through the unfailing love of the Most High, he will not be shaken. So there are higher powers. There are principalities and powers. But he's the Most High God. The unfailing love of the Most High. We worship the highest power. We know God Most High. And it's easy to be intimidated by spiritual warfare and demons and powers. But I feel that God is just saying, remember who I am. I'm the most high God. Worship him. Keep our eyes upon him. And living in his ways, the ways of God, it's the greatest form of spiritual warfare. Being connected to him, worshiping him, keeping our eyes upon him, loving him, praying to him. Surrendering to his ways, forgiveness, confession, just being connected to him and living in his ways. It's the greatest form of spiritual warfare. We don't have to be intimidated by higher powers because he is the most high God. What else does creation say? What else is creation shouting to us if we could just listen and tune our ears? Creation shows us that there are rhythms, there are times and seasons. And I feel that this is a prophetic word for someone this morning or maybe more than one person and it's seasons change and it can't, it won't be winter forever. Seasons change. There is day, there is night. Light comes, daybreak comes, hold on and trust him. Seasons change and it won't be nighttime forever because there's rhythms. There's rhythms and rhythms of grace and rhythms. There's also rhythms of rest that we need to listen to and honor because God has given us those. And actually, it's not a constricting thing. It's a beautiful gift from God. Creation shows that God honors time and God honors process. You know, a seed is put into the ground, but it takes time and process for that seed to come forward and for harvest to come. God honors process and time. <coughs> Creation also shows that God is a God of beauty, of color, of detail. He does things well. He does things well. Jude, you're elected to do part two of this message, okay? <laughs> We have many conversations about just the creation and how beautiful it is and how powerful it is. But he is a God of detail. Just go to the zoo. Look at the armadillo, the meerkat, the elephant, the giraffe, the rhino, and that's just the animal <laughs> kingdom. He's awesome and he's the most high God. And his, his creation is saying, worship, worship him, worship him. 
And we can see as well that he gets pleasure out of his creation. He gets pleasure out of his creation. You know, I go sometimes walking on our road and you look at the hedges and I've noticed that in every season, it's beautiful in different ways. So at the minute there's yellow and there's purple and there's white and there's some black currants. And I said to the girls, I said to my girls, um, you know, what did I say about the color? I said, purple goes with yellow and green, wouldn't you know? <laughs> because God's an artist and he does it well. And then in um, spring and in winter, there's different beauty, there's different colors in the hedges. And he does it well. All those colors always seem to be perfect and all the shapes and they're just so beautiful. And not every day is beautiful. I read this yesterday. Not every day is beautiful, but you can find something beautiful in every day. Look for the beauty. Look at the color and the shape in the hedges. Stop and take time and revere. People of the earth, revere him. Revere, look at what he has made. Listen to what creation is saying to you. Look for the rainbows and expect them. Look for them. So look for the beauty in every day. During worship this past number of weeks, this phrase keeps popping into my head. Um, and I've nearly prayed it so many times. It's been on the tip of my tongue. It just feels like it's about to spill over. And it's from Luke 19, verse 40. The disciples have been crying out to Jesus in loud voices. Crowds of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they'd seen. And they were shouting out, blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees, some of the Pharisees in the crowd were saying to Jesus, rebuke your disciples, tell them to be quiet. And here's the, here's the phrase that's been coming and coming in my head every time we worship. And it's what Jesus said. It says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The stones will cry out. If we don't worship him, the stones will cry out. And what would they say? They would say, worship him. Worship him. He's the most high God, creator of all. You see, the presence of Jesus in that context in Luke chapter 19 was compelling his disciples to cry out in worship to him. And the presence of Jesus compels us to worship him. The more we see him, the more we are aware of his presence, the more we need to worship him. There is a roar inside of us that just needs to come out and we need to worship him. It's why we were made. Creation speaks. Creation is also groaning. And we read about it in Romans chapter 8. Creation is groaning. Romans 8, 22, I think it is. Which says, we know the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Creation is groaning. Because it's a broken world. There's pain, there's injustice. There's sin, there's brokenness. It's a broken world, a beautiful broken world. And creation is groaning. This is interesting. 
the number of recorded natural disasters, how it's increased, the number of globally reported natural disaster events in any given year, droughts, floods, extreme weather, extreme temperatures, landslides, dry mass movements, wildfires, volcanic activity and earthquakes. You can see creation is groaning. It's clear to see something's happening. And again, in, in Romans 1, why is it groaning? It's, it's groaning because this is a broken world. It, it mentions in Romans 1, where we talk about, where, where it says about God's creation speaking. It talks about people being given over to a perverse mind. There's perversion in this world. I wonder, the creation is groaning. Groaning because we've revolted against the creator, the created order. Think about gender. Think about the genocide of the unborn. Creation is groaning because God gives life and God takes away life, but we have revolted against that and we have decided that we can take life. Creation groans. Revelation 6. We get a glimpse of heaven and there's a cry from those that have been, have gone before. Revelation 6. Verse 9, it says, When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and the testimony they had maintained. They called out in a loud voice, How long, sovereign Lord? They're groaning in heaven, they're calling out, How long, sovereign Lord, holy and true? Things aren't right on the earth. How long, Lord? until you judge the inhabitants of the earth and avenge our blood? How long until we see justice on the earth? Each of them was given a white robe and they were told to wait a little longer. Creation's gonna groan a little longer until the full number of their fellow servants, their brothers and sisters were killed just as they had been. But then look, I watched as he opened the sixth seal and there was a great earthquake a mighty groan from the earth, a great earthquake, and the sun turned black, like sackcloth made of goat hair. The whole moon turned blood red, creation is groaning. The stars in the sky fell to earth, as figs drop from a fig tree when shaken by a strong wind. The heavens receded like a scroll being rolled up, and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Creation is speaking. Creation speaks and it will speak. So if creation speaks, we must remember that we are part of creation. So what are we as created beings? What is our lives speaking? In Isaiah 43, it's, uh, it, we are described as God's children who he created for his glory. We're created for his glory, his kavod. And if you look at that word, it means his, the weightiness of God, the weightiness of God, his godness, his, his gloriousness. And we are made for a roar of praise 
there is a cry of worship inside of us that he is calling forth and I believe and I know that as I've been praying I've been I've been praying more and more and I feel it's the Holy Spirit Lord unlock those gifts that are within the people within this room there is something waiting just to be to be unleashed <laughs> even within this room don't be afraid just let that roar of praise come because he is the most high god he's worthy don't hold back colossians says that all things are created by him and for him that's us we're created by him and for him for his glory how does a star glorify god just by being a star how does a rainbow glorify God? Just by being a rainbow, a lion, just by being a lion. So us, in our humanness, connected to God, by being in Christ, being fully alive, using our gifts, in our relationships, in our families, in our everyday life, as we rest and as we play, as we work, we can glorify him accepting who he is and the gifts that he's given us accepting who we are being at peace with who you are and being able to say actually it's okay to be me because lord you don't make mistakes it's okay to be me help me to be the best me that i can be help me to glorify you in every context of my life that i'm living on this good earth Commit yourself to be the, the best version of you and surrender to his ways for the glory of God. Last year, we were at a, a um, trampoline park, jump lanes it was called, and these two little kids came in um, and they began to do flip overs and just the most amazing gymnast gymnastics. It was just class to watch and I was just sitting watching them and other people were as well. And I thought, what is that I can feel inside of me? I felt just like I wanted to cry. <laughs> I felt like I wanted to worship. And there's something about excellence, about being the best version of us. There's something powerful about it. Most of you, my kids hadn't until this morning, most of you will have heard of Johann Sebastian Bach, the, the composer. Um, well, I only found out that the pieces of music that he composed, do you know what he signed at the very, very end of them? He signed Johann Sebastian Bach, SDG, on all his, his works of music. He signs his name and then he signs SDG. And SDG stands for Solo Deo Gloria, for the glory of God alone. He wants his music to say, worship him. And I was just thinking about our lives and all the contexts we're in. Could we sign SDG after our name? And it's, it's amazing to, to hear how he would compose. He would bow his head and say, Jesus, help me to show your glory through this music that I'm writing. Powerful. So creation speaks and we must not only listen, but we must respond. And how can we respond but in worship and in surrender? Solo Deo glory for the glory of God alone.
So let's respond by worshipping him. This is the dreaded slave burner. <laughs> Scarred forever. <laughs> but it demands a, a response from us. The beauty of it. The majesty of it. And it says he is the most high God. And it, it demands a response. The mountain peaks belong to him. Actually, can we read it together? <laughs> the mountain peaks belong to him. The sea is his. And he made it. His hands prepared the dry land. Come, let us bow down in worship. Let us kneel before the Lord, our Maker, for he is our God. We are the people of his pasture and the flock under his care. So come, let's worship. Thanks, Stephanie.